armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save idea? the pump pump. Really, this is you what you're doing? You have Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country, your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. I am about sick and tired of the Aaron Rodgers saga already. ESPN won't shut up about it. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the It's a Friday, a TGI Friday, and a football Friday as we are heading into the NFL playoffs, the very first round. Of course, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're sitting on your can saying, we're going to just sit back and, and relax. Same thing if you're an Eagles fan, but the rest of the fan bases who are in the playoffs are ready to go. I know Jacksonville is ready for a big game with the Chargers. I know you're you're going to get a big raucous crowd down in Tampa as the Buccaneers will take on the Cowboys. And we'll do more of that one on Monday, but we will touch on it a little bit today. And then you've got Seattle going to San Francisco and they're calling for a lot of rain. And we're talking about a driving rain with wind. I've seen conflicting reports. I looked at it on one of the uh, weather apps and they were only saying, around 10 to 15 miles an hour. But some of the ones that, that I trust as far as sports apps go, they kind of detail this and then they, and they pay attention to it. But let's be honest because of, of the, uh, of the over under of the lines. They're saying that the, that the wind could get up into 25 to 30 mile an hour gusts and a steady of about 15 to 20 miles an hour. So if that's the case, we're going to be in for a slobber knocker on Saturday, 430. Remember, we will be right here with you tomorrow, three o'clock till 430 when the games kick off, and then we'll get out of the way so we can go enjoy the games, but we will be coming to you uh, tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. We're just going to get off just a half hour early because the games are kicking off. And then tomorrow night, it's Jacksonville hosting Los Angeles. We found out today that Mike Williams will not play. 
They're saying that he has a slight fracture in his back, which I don't know how you have a slight fracture in his back, but they're saying it's not, it's a non-surgical fracture and they're expecting him to miss about three weeks. So essentially, unless the chargers make a run into the super bowl, Mike Williams playing last week when they had nothing to gain was a huge error and it's all on Brandon Staley. And if they get knocked out in the first round, I kind of suspect that the chargers are going to look elsewhere. He's going to have to make a run to save his job because he's done everything he can to continue to shoot himself in the foot. And that team, that fan base expects more to be honest. I mean, when you've got a team that is, first of all, the defense is very talented. They went out and they made the big trades in the off season. You, you got Mac, you've got uh, Derwin James, and then you got Bosa, and then the offense itself. I mean, we're talking about perennial pro bowlers that are going to be Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, and Austin Eckler alone should get you to the middle rounds of the NFL playoffs. And the and the defense has a lot of talent as well. So. I believe Jacksonville is going to is going to upset them. Right now, Los Angeles is about a one and a half to two point favorite, depending on what card you're on. And I think Jacksonville is going to pull off the upset. I think the place is going to be rocking tomorrow night in Jacksonville. It's going to be a little chilly. It's going to be in the 40s at kickoff, which doesn't play into either team's hand because both teams are going to are you know warm weather teams. So I don't think that helps. And it, it does look like it's going to be clear, but you're going to get what I hope is an old fashioned shootout between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. That should be a lot of fun. And Al Michaels is going to be on the call for people that have kind of missed that and kind of, or forgotten about it. Cause you kind of put it in your back, back of your, of your, uh, of your files. When you hear about stuff like this a year ago, remember when Al Michaels signed the deal with Amazon, one of the provisions for NBC to let him go to Amazon is that NBC would get Michaels for a few games and one of them being the playoff game. And I believe that's, I, I believe I, I could be wrong, but I believe that is in play for the next few years because he was asked whether or not he had any assignments coming up. And he said, as far as he knows between Amazon and NBC, though, though they can't call on him to do, you know, this and that he is, he is what he calls rip van weakling it. And we'll see him in August. Amazon might do something with them. We'll, we'll see what happens with that, but that'll be your Sunday game. And that should be a lot of fun. Cincinnati Bengals fans. The news of T Higgins is good but not great. He is sick, but they do expect him to play. So he's got till what Sunday night to, to uh, get that straight. Um, little Braves news, not a whole, not nothing earth shattering. They're just wrapping up and, and signing their arbitration, which all the teams, there's a lot of arbitration deals coming across today. Won't have time to get into them. And honestly, none of them are newsworthy because it's very, very rare that there's some problem with the arbitration process. 
Now, last year, it kind of dragged out because of the lockout. By the time they came in, they, they punted it until the middle of the season. But essentially, all the guys for the Braves are signed. They have a few that are not. I'll get into that in one second. Braves did come to an agreement with Dennis Santana. Remember, he was a part of the deal that uh, during the offseason from the Rangers, if you remember, it was Colby Allard and, and Santana. So he got a one-year, one-million deal, which is just above the, the minimum wage in Major League Baseball nowadays. By the way, Dolphins fans, Raheem Mostert was not seen practicing again. So I, I don't think he's going to play. And you're not going to have two, and you're not going to have Raheem Mostert. It's going to be a, a big, big problem going forward. And then to top that off, you've got the Dodgers, by the way. They did uh, come to agreement with Will Smith, the catcher, not Will Smith, our previous closer in Atlanta. And what are some of the other ones of noted that I did not put in the sports flash? By the way, 76 days till opening day. Uh, the Braves had a couple more deals. One of them was, well, first of all, AJ Mentor. AJ Mentor got locked, uh, wrapped up. Lucas Luque, which is which is the, the the reliever that came from the Yankees. Joe Jimenez and Max Freed. Those are the three that are remain, remained unsigned. I believe I saw that Jimenez actually signed shortly before I came on the air. Let me check that. Yes, he did. Uh, Joe Jimenez, one year, 2.7 contract. Woodruff signed with Milwaukee. Hater with the Padres. Not like I said, none of this stuff is earth shattering because none of them were free agents. Juan Soto, $23 million. But all these guys are just, they're at the end of their first contracts, contract periods. And which usually lasts about six years and they are at the end or they're in the middle of it. And until they get become a free agent, this is the process that goes on. Basically, if you're not familiar with it, you, the team and the player have an idea of what the player is worth. And you can kind of look at the projections to kind of get an idea. And without boring you to tears on it, if the, if the team and the player go ahead and come up with the numbers that, you know what, we're good. Let's not go to, to, uh, arbitration. Then we go, you don't really want to go to arbitration because when you go to arbitration, though, you may win, there's usually some really nasty things that are said by the team about the player while the player's in the room, which I, I don't really don't know why they do that. Unless it, unless a player does not have an agent, that should be just nothing but the agent and the team in the same room banging it out real quick and away we go. But that's the way they've done it. And so the team has to basically trash their employee because they're trying to save money. And the employee has to complain, say they're not getting enough. So it it is the American way, but I, I've always thought it was, it was kind of an odd thing that they do in the arbitration system. So the Braves right now, it's Jimenez has, has been locked up. So now all you're looking at is Lutke and 
uh, Max Freed. Of course, Max Freed, he's projected to get around $12 million. And it, it all goes off of what you did the year before. And, of course, your age and what you've done in the past, a lot of that stuff ends up coming through. So that's where we're at in, with Major League Baseball. As far as football goes, a couple of, of news and notes. Four-star quarterback from the Tennessee Volunteers, Taven Jackson, was who's a part of the 2022, uh, almost said draft class, draft class, uh, the the uh, 2022 class from, from the university of Tennessee, there was such a good class. He has entered the transfer portal. It didn't really shock anybody that the Vols have a kid coming in. That's going to compete at a high level. And then of course, they've also got Joe Milton who's going to return for what I think will probably be his last season. So with all that being said, that's where we're at, man. I, I, I love the fact we're 76 days from opening day. So this time next week, we'll just be just over two months to opening day and pitchers and catchers re- report in just about a month. I believe it's like a month from, uh, Tuesday on that note, I got to wondering when is the Caribbean series? Because this year you're, you're supposed to be able to see it on ESPN plus, and it may sound, well, who do, what do I care about that? You're actually going to recognize players from major league baseball in, in that series. And they get into it. And it's a lot of fun. If you get a chance to watch it on that note, and it's really hard to find the schedule because the schedule fluctuates, but I ran into on the MLB.tv. If you're a subscriber to that, you can watch the Dominican series and I read into it because I've never had a chance to watch it read into it a couple of nights ago. It's pretty interesting. They start off with six teams. And of course these teams are not franchises. They are the names themselves that are the teams themselves, but they basically just go out and pick up players in the off season. And some of the names that you would know in the game that I watched and I'll clean it up a little bit because the the team names are all in Spanish, but it was the Eagles and some of the team, some of the players that were on there. Johan Camargo was on there. Uh, Jonathan Villar, Christian Pache was it made a great catch at the wall. So I I got into this a little bit. Really interesting. A lot of fun to watch. And what? But I was disappointed because the following night, last night, I turned on. Go, ah, there's no game. And there's no, you can't go to the schedule on there and say, when's the next one time you're going to carry it. You just kind of have to know that it's coming on. So thinking about actually carrying one of those games just for fun during the off season before we hit uh, preseason spring training baseball. But the, so they start with six teams at the right around the beginning of November and they play round Robin style for a month. And, a little over a month. And when they get to the end of December, essentially they're down to four teams and they started up again. It's another round Robin and they get to the end of January. There will be two teams left and they will play a series that lasts about a week. And when little less than a week, and when they get to that, the one team goes on to the Caribbean series and the Caribbean series. I can't, I don't have the, the list in front of me, but it's several different countries down there in the Caribbean. And 
obviously the Dominican, because I was just referring to it, is in it. I do know Mexico is in it. And the, I believe Venezuela is in it as well. And going to double check this real quick as I've got it in front of me. It is Mexico, Puerto Rico, Panama, Cuba, Colombia, the Dominican Republic, and Venezuela. I think I would have remembered every single one of them except for Panama. So it's a good thing I Googled that. So we'll, we'll probably be referencing this from time to time just because as the, as the teams start appearing, you start getting into the rosters, there's going to be players of interest. Either A, they're currently on the Braves because if you saw the news, Ronald Acuna Jr., complained about not being able to play. Well, the Braves don't want to play because he's just coming off that ACL injury from a year ago. They they are giving him a few at-bats in the offseason in one of those leagues. And anyways, he's down in the, in the Caribbean leagues and playing, but he's upset that the World Baseball Classic, which we will be covering that, is coming up very shortly. He wants to play for Venezuela, and only certain teams can play. All right, we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, Bobby joins us, and we are going to get into the National Football League playoffs. Keep it locked in here on TGI Friday. Let's freaking go, y'all. It's the best in sports and entertainment, and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Shan Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts, January 17th, one night only. Shan Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com slash GA. Hey, Braves fans, the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel are bringing you Braves baseball all season long. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and I'll be bringing you Braves baseball play-by-play for the Braves fans out there for all of Braves country. So pull up an armchair and join us for Braves country baseball, first pitch to last pitch, Tuesday and Friday nights, right here on the Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube channel. how important she is to you and that's the reason that i asked the question i have always enjoyed the way that you talk about your wife and your relationship you are very comfortable talking about how you met your wife how much you love her how important she is to you and that's the reason that i asked the question i've always admired that about you and you have no problems whatsoever professing your love 
Well, the thing is, uh, I got a new wife now. You know, me and Bianca didn't make it. Things just got a little awkward there. Uh, so let me be the first on this show to congratulate you on the new wife. You know, let's talk tailgating. Yeah. Welcome back. Joining us is Bobby. So. You want to know where that's coming from? The Dan Levitar show had Will Walker, the, uh, the old defensive tackle on the show. And I guess uh, Will, Will Wolfram had been going on the show for years. And Levitar introduced him to the show, but it is much longer than that. But blathers on about how he loves the fact that, that they were a pillar of, of love. And the fact that, you know, he's not ashamed to tell everyone how much he loves his wife and stuff. And Will Wolford goes, yeah, we didn't make it. <laughs> I'm actually married again. And his sidekick on the show to come in goes, well, that was awkward. <laughs> Welcome on the show is Bobby. Bobby Schneider, how the hell are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to a full weekend of playoff football. I'm excited for that and hoping for some good games. Yeah, the... Uh... Let's go ahead and just dive right in. The first AFC matchup is obviously Jags versus Chargers. Before we get into that one, I just want to get one out of the way. Actually, kind of, when you talk about the AFC, you almost want to get two out of the way. But one that has no shot, I believe, in being competitive at any any stretch of the imagination is Skylar Thompson and what looks like it's going to be the Raheem Morrisless Miami Dolphins going into Buffalo, taking on all that mojo of the Bills. I'm going to I'm gonna just assume that Hamlin's going to be doing like the the uh, the uh, the coin toss at midfield. Like the, the, the crowd's just going to be going bananas. Here comes Skylar Thompson, Mr. Checkdown Charlie himself, trying to go in there. They're, they're not a two-touchdown favorite. And I mentioned it way earlier in the week, it was six, six and a half. If you like the Bills, you better get on them now. And sure enough, I don't know if two is worth a touchdown, but it, it, that offense definitely does not go. Look, even at the 14-point spread, I still have the Bills covering. Uh, I think they blow the doors off the Dolphins here. Skylar Thompson is not a good quarterback, with all due respect. And, you know, like you said, there Bills is, have that mojo. <laughs> What's up? There is no respect due. He hasn't done it. Fair, fair. He, yeah, I'm not going to – as a person, respect to him. But as a football player, it ain't there. Um, but, yeah, I think the Bills blow them out. Uh, they're rallied behind DeMar Hamlin, obviously, and I think that's going to have a lot of impact on how they play, as it did last week. Um, I don't think it's going to be close at all. I have it in my notes as a 25-point win for the Bills, and honestly, I think they I think they do. Now, the over, what about the over? What's your take on that? I would take the over at 43-and-a-half um, just because of the Bills. I, I think the Bills, I'm not going to say they'll get there alone, but they'll be a majority of that 43-and-a-half points. I think they put up about 35-plus on them. So you think it will get to 43, 44 points? Because the, the only thing yeah. that I'm concerned with is the Bills run away and hide, and then they just take the air out of the ball in the final something like 31 to 7, 31 That's to possible. I just I think I think the Dolphins will get a couple, you know, maybe a garbage time touchdown here, a couple field goals, who knows. Um, and I think that'll be enough to push it over. But I think the Bills will have 35-plus. I'm sticking with that prediction. So because of that, I think they'll get their end of the job done. And I think the Dolphins will score some garbage time points. 
All right, so what about we move on from there? I'm with you. I just think it's going to be a blowout. I'll be shocked. I'm not even planning on. Wife and I have already decided to get some things done during that game. I'm just like, I'm like I'll, I'll catch it in the fourth quarter. I'll have it on because we're doing some housework. But unless it is like compelling, I don't even see me looking into it much. I'm going to keep it on in the background. We're doing like, you know, the good old fashioned spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. Which I know that might throw a guy like you up there in Tennessee off, but it, it, it'll, it'll be warm enough down here to do some spring cleaning. Um, getting ready for the Giants Minnesota game. We'll get into that in a little while, but Saturday night is Jags Chargers, and that's by far the best game in the AFC. So let's talk Bengals and Ravens real quick, and then we'll get into that one. I. I can see where Baltimore may be able to cover the spread because it looks like Tyler Huntley is going to play and they're going to, you know, just slop it up and and try to get as much of an ugly game as they can. But I don't see how they're going to be able to get enough points unless there are a a lot of turnovers. I don't see how they're going to get enough points to be able to beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati on Sunday night. Absolutely not, especially with Huntley at quarterback. Even if Lamar was playing, I wouldn't give him too big of a chance. Um, the Bengals are just a much better team. Uh, I, I think Bengals are going to get out early scoring. Um, I think they'll jump out to a big lead. And I think by the third quarter, they'll probably have some guys rest. Um, I think the Bengals cover. I think it's a blowout. Um, and I think both the Bengals and the Bills will be looking forward to getting out to big leads early so that they can rest their guys going in, into their matchup next week. Well, I – and you know what stinks about this whole thing? Why did they put that on Sunday night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of the worst games of the wild card last game. week. I just assumed one of the better matchups would be Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And I understand that NBC ended up getting the pick of the litter on, on some of these games, and that's how they got the Jags-Chargers game. Why is that not the Sunday night game? I mean, if you're going to have a Saturday night game, I guess you could go – the, my only thing, my only th- question is: were, were were they hedging their bets to try to see if they could get Lamar Jackson in that game? And now it's it's a wash. He's obviously not playing. I don't know if you saw his tweet today or not, but he came out and tweeted the fact that he was dealing with a grade two, possibly grade three MCL sprain, et cetera, et cetera. Playing the you know the the you know poor woe is me, and he's doing that because people are, are coming at him saying you're just not playing because you're a free agent. And well, he's not really a free agent. He can still be franchise, but you you didn't get your contract, so you're not playing. Yada yada yada. So he feels like he has to go back and you know defend what what he's doing, which I don't think he really needed to do that. I do believe that he, if he had a contract, he probably guts it out. But I don't believe he's a hundred percent. I believe he's probably banged up, and. He knows he it's going to cost him a lot of money if he goes out there and makes it worse. So I kind of understand where he's coming from. But that game, this when we were doing the predictions, I felt like that game should have been Saturday afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. That's the one, we, and this is before we knew about Tua. So now we go Jaguars, and we go Titans. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Chargers. Chargers. That was last week. Yeah, that was that. That was the disaster that was last week. Um, Jaguars versus the 
the the Chargers, and now Mike Williams. The the news that came out is that Mike Williams will not play, fractured vertebrae in his back, and is out basically unless they make the Super Bowl. He he's done for the season. Mm-hmm. And that was a big blunder by Brandon Staley. I don't know what was going through his head playing him a week eighteen. In fact, I don't know why he played any of the starters. They had this, uh, the five seed locked up. They couldn't go up or down. It didn't matter. I don't know what he was thinking. That's the problem. Is I don't think he he uh, thinks very often. No, he doesn't. And that that dates back to last year as well. The decision that cost them the playoff spot. He looks to be a disaster of a head coach. I really don't think he's going to survive this either. I th- I think it's going to get him fired, especially if they lose on Saturday night. On Saturday night, uh, I mentioned it in the in the opening during the batting practice of the show the fact that. He's got one of the most talented teams in football, and he 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 spit the bit and didn't make the playoffs last year, and he's probably not going to get past the first round this year. And if he does, they're going to get blown out by their division rival next week. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there. I, I think there's no excuse for Brandon Staley, but as a Cardinals fan, I'm holding out hope that he keeps his job through this offseason. Because if that job opens up, that's the prime destination, and we'll probably be out on our guy Sean Payton. Um, oh, so I'm you're really hoping he. I'm telling you, I don't know. Sean I'm Payton. holding out hope. I know you are, and I get it. But at the same token, DeAndre Hopkins wants out. So what little chance you had of actually doing that and, and making the run, I think is over. And I know so, you don't yeah. want to hear that. I know you're sitting there going, what are you? So I'm looking at the other options right That's now, and I think assuming if that Chargers job stays closed and Staley keeps his job, I think it comes down to us and the Broncos. And I know the Broncos, there's they haven't been good this year, but there's a little bit of hope there left that Russell Wilson can get back to his old self. So I could see why he might take that job. But if it comes down to the two of us, I think there's a chance that we still get him. Between who? Us and the Broncos. Oh, yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, they're so hamstrung with, with the Broncos. I don't even know why you would even – I. If I'm the if I'm the uh if I'm the Broncos, I go out and get just get some up and coming quarterback guy that can try to fix the offense and you're you're basically putting a a uh, a place pin for the next head coach in about two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that yeah, Broncos I don't see happening, but I think Sean Payton is not gonna come to why would you come there and do Sean Payton is a guy that wants a quarterback who's all in and he does not have that if he ends up going with Kyler Murray. And I don't think he has that if he's going with Russell Wilson either. I mean, Russell Wilson may be all in technically, but <laughs> uh, I part of my reason I think Payton likes Kyler is because there's been plenty of videos and even from this season of him gushing about Kyler. He was talking on Colin Cowherd's show about how he would use Kyler if he was the coach. And I think he has that respect there. I can see why he may have a personality issue with Kyler, but if that's something that could be worked out in interviews and stuff, then who knows? I I still think there's a chance. Um, Vegas likes us. He's right now. He's a close favorite to be our next head coach. Um, The season's not over yet. And there's going to be at least one coach, if not two fired. 
after the postseason. Who do you think? Possibly Chargers, possibly Cowboys. Is that what you're thinking? Staley is what Staley, uh, the Cowboys. He's got a very good relationship with uh, Jerry Jones. Jones. Um, It won't be anyone in their division. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the Buccaneers do. They fire their coach. They're not going to get. The Saints are not going to watch Sean Payton coach against him them for the next 10 years. They're just not going to do it. Same thing with yeah. the Panthers. They're not going to do it. Panthers really isn't a bad landing place. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I'm the New York Jets, I would have fired Sala and went after him. That's bold because I think Sala's done a solid job. I don't think it's been a great job, but. They, they're not happy with them there. I, I can just tell you that by reading the tea leaves. I watch New York uh, or listen to New York radio daily. I I kind of try to bounce around the country, and I usually spend a couple hours on on New York radio. And they just I can just tell you their their thought is this because they've already fired fired the offensive coordinator. They're going to bring an offensive coordinator in, and he's got one year to turn around because Saul is on the hot seat. Well, what mm-hmm. offensive coordinator are they going to get? Right. Who wants? Who of any worth wants to go? Oh, let me go in there, and then like I got Zach Wilson. Let's turn that around. See yeah, what there, in those interviews, I would need to hear that we're looking to get a new quarterback. If I want any, or if I have any chance of taking that job, I think the Chargers most likely fire their coach. Even if he wins tomorrow night, I don't think he wins. And if and if they get embarrassed by Kansas City. The only way Staley saves his job, he has to get to the AFC Championship game. Right? I think if he wins in the wild card round, I think if the Chargers make it out of the first round, there's still a chance that he keeps that job. I don't think it's super high, but Not if I think, think it's there. They've got Sean Payton. If they think if they they've do, got yeah. Sean Payton, yeah. Um, the you know the other teams that I could see possibly making a move as far as the ones that are currently in the, in the playoffs, Jacksonville's safe. Doug Peterson's not going anywhere. They're about to resurrect a statue out here for him. Um, I would say, well, it would take a, an absolute, just non showing for McDermott to, to see there's keeps being rumors about McDaniel being on the hot seat. I'm not in favor of it. I think it's insane. I think he's I, I think he's a good coach. I don't either. But that's mm-hmm. but the rumors keep coming out of Miami. I tell you what, if McDaniel got fired, bring him to Arizona. Yeah. No question about it. Give him that contract. Let him take him. I have no complaints about that. I, I'm not McDaniel's gonna say I like him fired, more than Payton. I, but... say, I say Arizona forgets Sean Payton. And I'll tell you why. Because McDaniels is not gonna cost you a bunch of draft picks. That's that is true. Yeah, the Saints won a first round pick. It wouldn't cost the first to get McDaniel. But Dallas would be the one that I think that if they lose on Monday night, which is a strong possibility. Bye bye. Yeah. I Horse think if they make it safe, you know, Taylor's yeah. safe. We're not worried about any of those guys. Um Minnesota and and the Giants, no no one no one there is getting fired. So mm-hmm. those are the two big ones. Would be the Chargers and the Cowboys. Yeah, those are the teams I have my eye on for the wild card round. I'm hoping both of them win. Um, I think only one of them will, and that team being the Chargers or the Cowboys. Sorry, but uh, I'm really hoping that they both keep their coaches. All right, let's go ahead and take a real quick break. When we come back, 
NFC, which is a little more interesting. Uh, real, real quick, by the way, what's your score in the Jags game? Jaguars, I got them winning 24 to 21. I think this is a close game. Um, a lot of pressure on both the young quarterbacks in their first playoff game. But I think with uh, Mike Williams being out, that limits the Chargers offense a little bit. And I think the Jaguars get it done. Yeah, that that over scares me a little bit. It's like 46 and a half, 47 and a half, depending on the book. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, – everything out there tells you it could be a shootout, which is mm-hmm. what I hope. I hope we get an old-fashioned AFC quarterback shootout. But when you watch what Tennessee did to Jacksonville's offense last week, I'm thinking that you might get kind of a sloppy game, a game where both teams are playing not to lose, and you might get might might get closer to what that score was like, twenty to sixteen. I, I'm hoping no matter who wins, we get thirty-eight, thirty-five. You're like, oh, you know, we're all texting, go, ah, what was that? You know, but I, I've just got a bad feeling that we're going to get more of a sloppy game, especially like you said without Mike Williams. All right, we're going to be back in a flash when we come back. We are going to talk the NFC playoffs and who we like, who we don't like. We'll be right back. You're a cop, huh? No, what I am, Sonny, is about 50 pounds heavier and one hell of a lot meaner, so you better straighten up your act. I don't think I like you. The Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company. Welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. It's the best in sports and entertainment, and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Wendy's only makes one kind of breakfast, your new favorite one. How do we do it? With fresh cracked eggs, oven-baked bacon, and flaky croissants. You know, the things your old breakfast wasn't doing. So toss that old news and its soggy eggs somewhere useful. And get to Wendy's. A sausage, egg, and Swiss croissant, bacon, egg, and Swiss croissant, and honey butter chicken biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. The price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. The NFL playoffs are back. And that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country with Mac McGee 
and the Armchair Quarterbacks weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on the key and YouTube.com at Braves Country. Yeah, the Armchair Quarterback, he's kind Welcome of fun, back. kind of bad. The All-American Man. We are rolling here on a football Friday, TGI Friday, and obviously one of the more fun weekends in sports. I'd say... I'd say next weekend outranks it a little bit because you're going to get the the one seeds, but but this is a phenomenal weekend. Uh, next weekend, will we get we'll get four games, right? Mm-hmm. If uh, my math's right, uh, yeah, because you're going to get six winners and two are sitting off to the side. Yeah, so you get four games. So that's why, like this weekend's becoming one of the more fun ones because even though you don't have the one seeds in there, you've got wall-to-wall football from Saturday afternoon at 4.30. Program reminder, we'll be on 3 to 4.30 tomorrow right here. Seattle, San Francisco kickoff 4.30, and it's going to take you all the way. The doubleheader on Saturday, a tripleheader on Sunday, and then Monday Night Football, which I think might be the end up being the best game if we don't get a shootout with Jacksonville and uh the Chargers with, with the Bucks and the Cowboys. And I think that's going to be a, another slop fest kind of game. It's going to be you know, Brady checking down left and right, trying to go deep every once in a while, but they're going to lean heavily. If you notice the last few weeks, they didn't use playoff Lenny very often. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just to get him ready because they're going to lean on him no matter who the opponent is. Uh, Let's talk about that one real quick. Won't won't get too deep into it because we've got tomorrow's show, and then plus the game's not till Monday. Right now, I'm leaning with the uh, Tampa Bay because they're the home team, because it's Brady. And when you look at that statistic, a what are what were the Cowboys zero and seven against Brady all time? And then the more telling statistic. Statistics, where is it? 1992 was the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a playoff game on the road. What? I don't know if you saw uh, Mike McCarthy's strategy to get his team fired up was to show them pictures of when they were kids and when, even if the play, if the players were even alive back then, of when they were babies, which was the last time they won a road playoff game. I don't know if that uh, strategy will work, but that's how he motivated his players. He did what again? He showed them pictures from when the players were – or how old the players were when they last won a road playoff game, oh. which was in 92. Um, and we'll see if that strategy pays off. A little bit I odd, mean, most of them, there'd be blank pictures. Exactly, so yeah. It was, it was the only ones that were alive when they last how won. How old were uh, you in 1992? Uh, let's see, negative 11. Ex- exactly. <laughs> like, that's my point. It's like, you know, what is – you know what? That's a fireable offense. I'd fire him just for that. <laughs> well, Jerry I've Jones never, might be looking for any excuse to. If he gets I've never McCarthy was was a good fit. Uh, I believe that McCarthy honestly is a good coach, and everyone wants to point to the one uh, championship and how good his teams are. He had Aaron Stinkin Rodgers in his prime. So let's just calm down with calling him a great coach, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, he better win. And I think he's got to get to the NFC championship game. Hmm. I think 
to secure his job, I think a wild card win gets it done. Um, think, obviously, okay, so you think if they win and then go to Philly and get smoked, the Dallas fan base isn't going to go crazy? I didn't say that, but I don't think they'll get smoked if they play Philly. I think if he wins a wild card round and plays a relatively close game. Fans. You don't think the yeah. Cowboys fans are going to – Look, yes, they do. Jerry Jones ain't getting any younger. And he looks at it as this is this is Jerry Jones' last chance for a Super Bowl. It really yeah. is. You consider mm. his age and you consider where Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Zeke, he's got it like a two, maybe three-year window. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, and I, I think if they get smoked in the divisional round, maybe, but I don't think they will. I think if they make it past the Tampa, I think they play a relatively close game against Philly. I don't think they win. I'd give the Eagles maybe a touchdown win but it won't be a blowout. Well, we will revisit this because he's not going to get past Philly. Mm -hmm. So when they lose to Philly, we'll revisit this because I, I'm just getting the feeling from listening to a lot of the, the stuff that comes out of Dallas radio. It seems like that they believe this team is too good to lose to Tampa and is good enough to beat Philadelphia. I think there's a chance they beat Philadelphia. If I had to bet on either there team to win, I'm taking the Eagles. I'm chance. taking the Eagles, but anything could happen. There is a chance, but you know, there's not much of a chance. The, the only thing that helps them is that Jalen Hurts didn't look too good in the in the in his last game after t- taking two games off, and then he's not going to get a rhythm again because because they took another week off. So yeah, Sirianni's got to find a way to keep him sharp during the bye week. Absolutely. And I don't think there's any way on God's green earth if they get matched up with San Francisco that they can beat them. No, I think – well, I think the 49ers will win the NFC. Um, I think there might be a little bit of ups and downs with Brock Purdy throughout the playoffs, but I think that defense and and just team as a whole is too well-constructed to not win the NFC. I like San Francisco so far too, but I will say this. When you've got a rookie quarterback – and there's other little things that can come into play. They're they're they are far from a shoe in. One yeah. of the things that you don't want to see if you're a 49er fan is is what the weather's being projected tomorrow. Yep. That yep. plays into Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Smash mouth football in the driving rain. If it's as bad as they now, there's a lot of times they sell assist, and then I go and then I go, you know, ape and I put a bunch of money on the game on Wednesday. And then, and then by the game, by game time, like where, where, where was this weather at? I remember there was a game recently that I jumped all over. I remember it was a night game. I oh, think it was, it was the Miami. Bills game. Yeah. The yep. Buffalo Miami game. It'll mm-hmm. be a blizzard. Yep. Everyone's getting snowed. In. Oh, I don't even know if they'll even play this game. Gotta watch <laughs> out. Turn the game on after I jumped on the under. I go, Oh my God. Nobody's tackling anybody. Yep, <laughs> and that might as well have been a that might as well have been two hand touch out there, <laughs> which is why I really wanted to see two a play because I wanted to see that shootout. Mm-hmm. I and I think it would have been a close game. I still would have given the edge to the Bills. Yes, but it would have been a much more interesting game because both of the games this year between the Bills and the Dolphins when two was playing have been interesting. I have the feeling that we're heading for a Chris Berman Super Bowl. Mentioned this yesterday. I, I know you're a little too young to remember this, but Chris Berman, VSPN, who's who, now he's just on the, you know, on the, uh, 
on their plus, what is it called? Countdown. Mm-hmm. You have to have the plus. It, it doesn't come on one of the normal uh, channels, which really dumbfounds me. They can't put that on ESPN News on a Sunday night. Really? Yeah. We, we got to have pickleball on. Um, but every single year in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, he always, and it became a running joke, but he always predicted the Buffalo Bills to play the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl because those were his two teams growing up as a kid. Hmm. Well, a good chance. That was a good chance. He he got really close a couple of times, but if that happens, you, you've got to call it the Boomer Bowl. You've got to call it that. I mean, you know. Um, But you look at the other NFC matchups. So... Seattle, San Francisco. I don't know about you. We'll definitely get more into this in, in, in the in the nooks and crannies tomorrow. But f- just from afar, if it ends up being a nasty, sloppy game, I still think San Fran gets it. But I'd be really concerned about taking the points. I'm with you. I, I have the same thing here in my notes. I think I, I think the 49ers win a close one, and I got the under in this one. Um, I think Brock Purdy is going to make some mistakes. The weather will have look an at you on it. taking notes, bringing notes to it. <laughs> I'm ready, man. I'm These old jackals can uh, take some uh, <laughs> uh, some some notes from you, because me, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed this, but I've always got you know this is I'm I'm old school legal pad. I flip it over, oh, yeah. um, but I've always got it right in front of me, and it's it's always sitting right on a monitor that, that you know when I'm looking down, I can see news uh, flash across in case something happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't I keep waiting for this to turn into a whole little fire one day. <laughs> My legal pad's gonna catch fire right on the monitor, and I'll be like, "We'll be back in a minute, maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe." Um, I just with that game, I like the under a lot. I'm iffy. I don't know if I would take Seattle, but I'm iffy. I I I sure wouldn't lay the points. Nine and a half points with a rookie quarterback in in bad conditions. Now, look, it could play into them, and CMC goes goes off like he did the last matchup with them. Mm-hmm. That's possible. I, but don't you get the feeling that Kenneth Walker is going to find 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 his yardage as well and make this game just a little closer? I think he'll have a solid game, but I don't think it'll be enough to get him a win against that 49ers defense. That defense is scary for any team. I, I don't care how prolific your offense is. That 49ers defense I'm is very scary. scary for the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> they torched them. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Nah, Which I, th- I think funny the following week when I went all in on, on Stidham, <laughs> he's going to do something. By the way, congratulations. You uh, edged me out for the uh, 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 underdog, uh, stupid underdog. Stupid underdog, which we'll, we'll start a new one tomorrow nice. for, the, for the playoffs. But you have five points, I think. Uh, I think I got. I think I got points on. Uh, I'm trying to think of who I predicted last week. Was, uh, Carolina, Carolina, yeah, and, and I ended I up winning. I believe numbers, so that was the difference. And I yeah. knew I was taking a big swing and miss, but I was afraid that you were going to take a game like Carolina and you're going to mm. have like a five point lead on me. I think I think that's would have been the difference, and so I, I couldn't just take like some little bobo three or four point game because I, I would just end up losing. So yeah. I, like, I got to get something solid, and I went with. Um, I was kind of kicking myself until the the non the non fumble got called in, into a fumble with Jags Titans because I, I was thinking about taking the Titans. 
mm. like a touchdown underdog. And Joshua Dobbs, I don't remember what says, that is an incomplete pass to this day. I'm with you on that. Yeah, he had possession when his hand was going forward. I had, there, was, there was an angle that I looked at at first, and I thought, okay, that's a fumble. And then they showed a second one, I think, from his back. And I was like, oh, that, that looks like an incomplete pass. You know what gets me is the clowns that were doing the game, no one brings that up the entire mm. time. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a fumble. Even their yeah. referee, I'm like, that's a fumble, but the tuck rule is not a fumble. <laughs> Picking favorites, man. Justin said it best. If that if that was a fumble, how did that ball go twenty yards in the air? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I'm with you. But anyways, I told him the way I felt about it was when it was all said and done. I I really wanted Jacksonville to win anyways because I felt like Tennessee needed that draft pick more than Jacksonville does, and give Jacksonville some you know some fun in the playoffs and whatnot. Tennessee needs to go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, they have the 11th pick. They can if they wanted to. That's a good enough pick to potentially move up and pick a quarterback. It is, and and I thought about that. I I just feel like they're not going to do that. I feel like they're going mm. to sit right there in that area. They may even trade down, but they'll probably get that offensive line, the offensive tackle from a Northwestern mm. is projected yeah. right now. Of course, you know once they do the combines, everything changes. But they could definitely use a left tackle. Mm. They'll need one. I imagine if they're moving on from Luan this season, and even if he stuck around, he'd probably end up getting hurt. So, yeah, they'll need that, that left tackle. And I do not like the idea of them going down and sitting there and taking a reach on, on, on another quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, like someone like a, a Anthony Richardson could fall. Hey, now, hey, 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 hey. I don't care what you say. That guy's not going to be ready to go next year. He's not. Not next year. Yeah, next year. No, no. he'll be a project. That's for sure. Well, I, mean, I think it'll be at least a year. He's sitting in the quarterback room. You're going to have him. I, I never said the Titans should draft him. I don't think the Titans should. I don't think that makes a lot of sense with picking Willis next year to be your project quarterback. You're going to have him. You're going to have Malik Willis. You're going to have Tannehill sitting over there nursing his injuries. And heck, why don't you just go ahead and bring in Derek Carr? We'll just have a, <laughs> have a smorgasbord of – Four guys going, I don't know. I'm not sure what to do. Uh, <laughs> Tannehill and Carr was sitting in there going, well, if we really knew what to do, they wouldn't have drafted y'all. <laughs> Malik Will saying ditto. And Richard's saying, no, seriously, I didn't know what I was doing when, when I was in college. I Come on. Whatever. <laughs> you'll you'll see. I, I'm holding on to this, this uh, Anthony Richardson belief. I really think he's going to be good if he goes to the right team. I hope he goes to the Colts. And no, no, because of the Colts and just gets just absolutely roasted his entire career. Nope. You, I need him to go. Oh, there's a possibility that he could end up there. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the loser of Giants Vikings decides to make a move for a quarterback and they pick him. That's the ideal situation. Okay. Giants Vikings. That game is, is really interesting. It's one of my favorite games. Yeah. We'll do cool games here in a minute. Um, where are you leaning on this one? I'm leaning Vikings. Um, I think the Giants, they're a team that I have a lot of faith in going forward, but not enough to beat the Vikings in the wild card round. Um, I think they win a close one. I'd say three or less points. Um, I think there's a chance that the Giants even cover but lose. I think it's a two-and-a-half point spread. Um, 
I really think it's going to be one of the best games of the weekend, and the Vikings win a close one. On, but I think I think Daniel Jones is going to have a really good game. Dayball is going to have a perfect game plan, and they're going to go in there and shock them. Huh? I, I think they're not going to pull out. I have them. a lot of trust in Dayball. I really do. I think he's a fantastic coach, and, and the Giants are in a great direction. But I don't think it's the year, and I don't trust Daniel Jones enough. Fair enough, and I get that. Saquon Barkley is going to have to go for 100. I think his oh, over yeah. is like 71. We will be back in a flash when we come back. Cool Games and Tampa Tones joins us. Keep it locked in here on the key and Braves Country HD wherever you stream. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon. And this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Cleveland's defensive end, Jadavion Clowney, said he apologized to teammate Miles Garrett after reportedly saying that he likely wouldn't be returning to Cleveland because the organization favored Garrett over him. According to Cleveland.com, Clowney said last week that he was 95% sure he wouldn't be resigning with the Browns because they were, quote, trying to get Garrett into the Hall of Fame instead of winning games. Travis Kelsey and Justin Jefferson are unanimous choices for the Associated Press's 2022 NFL All-Pro team. Sauce Gardner is the first rookie cornerback selected in 41 years. Chiefs Kelsey and Vikings Jefferson received first-team votes Friday from all 50 members and a nationwide panel of media members who regularly cover the league. Kansas City's quarterback Patrick Mahomes, 49ers edge rusher Nick Bosa, and the Chiefs Defensive lineman Chris Jones each got 49 of 50 votes. The Chiefs and Niners led the way with four players on each first team. L.A. Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams has a small non-surgical fracture in his back and is expected to be sidelined for two to three weeks. Barring a Super Bowl run, Williams' season is likely over. Chargers travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars Saturday night, 8-15 kickoff. L.A. is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. 36-year-old outfielder Andrew McCutcheon is returning to the Pittsburgh Pirates. 2013 NL MVP, when he was in Pittsburgh, has agreed to a one-year deal for $5 million. A summer of milestones is likely ahead for McCutcheon, who needs 52 more hits to achieve 2,000 in his career, eight more doubles for 400, and 13 home runs to reach 300. Five-star defensive back and the number 26 overall player in the 2022 class, Jaheim Singletary enters the transfer portal and is leaving Georgia. While arbitration news in Major League Baseball, the ones of note, Padres and Juan Soto have agreed to a $23 million deal for 2023. Phillies and Reese Hoskins, $12 million. Dodgers and Walker Bueller, $8 million for this season. Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals agrees to $5.4 million. And your Atlanta Braves get agreements from Dennis Santana to a $1 million deal and A.J. Minter to $4.3 million, while Max Freed is expected to be around 12. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Hey, sports fans, weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, drive time. 
on WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. What did you do? Well, isn't it obvious? I spiked them with muscle relax and plus my ADHD medication. What? You brought this again? Look at my face. You ruined my life. You're not my friend. Don't say that. Are you serious even in America? Yes. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. Just over 24 hours away. Programming note, we will be here tomorrow. 3 o'clock Eastern, taking you all the way to kickoff. Joining us now is Tampa Tones. Tampa, are you ready for some cool game? He is not ready. He's muted himself. I'm ready. Now I'm ready. I promise I'm ready. That wasn't a cool game that I just did, but now I'm ready. You look like Mike McCartney reacting to a blitz. Oh, uh, you know, a deer in the headlights. Yeah, everything's coming at you too fast. <laughs> My apologies, gentlemen. It's a great honor to be here as always every Friday and to talk football. Can't wait. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Um, if you're just hearing this for the first time, we basically go into a game and we decide if that if that game that weekend is something we would watch front to front to start or sorry front to back start to finish if it's a game you'd be interested to get fired up for and just because it's a playoff game does not make it a cool game and yes we have stolen this idea from another from another show but you know i've had many of mine stolen so that's how it goes all right so i think it's a fun exercise let's go ahead and hit them and we vote on them. It's a three-man poll here. We vote on them. And now, just so y'all know, Tampa Tones and Bobby, they're they're a little slutty with their cool games, man. They just they give everything a cool game. You know, you can say, hey, man, the Sacramento Kings are at home tonight against the Houston Rockets. Is that a cool game? Like, yeah, man, I, I'll tell you what, I got, I got some money on that. Now that's not why it's a cool game. It's gotta be because every, someone who wouldn't bet on the thing wants to watch it. All right, that's, here we go. That's a cool matchup. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you let me know how it works. I may, I, that might be a part of my, one of my parlays tonight. And that might be why I actually know that game is. <laughs> I think it's a minus four fifty on the money line. It's something like that. It's it's something terrible. I tell you what, the Kings are solid. Who knows? What's that? The Kings are solid. They're playing some good basketball. I might yeah, I've got them in the Knicks on a parlay money line tonight. Um, the the Knicks are at Washington, and the Knicks have been hot. Mm-hmm. I like that. None of those that we just talked about are cool games, by the way. So, so those are examples of not cool games, games that nobody cares about. All right, we start off with 4.30 Eastern, and we can't say because, oh, it's a playoff game, and you can't say, well, what if you're a fan of X and you want to know if, if you're going to play Y after this game? 
that can't be the reason. It's got to be because you're like, dude, this is going to be a good matchup. The Seattle Seahawks, nine and eight on the year, going to San Francisco, a nine point underdog. It's dropped because of the weather. Over under 42. We'll start it off with you, Bobby. Is that a cool game? It is a cool game to me. Um, oh, is, I'm, hear me out. Look, I have in my predictions here, Which, I have it as. Think these games at least buy you dinner first. I mean, come on. Look, I have it as a 17 to 16 win for the 49ers. If a one point playoff game isn't a cool game for you, I don't know what is. I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think Brock Purdy is going to make a lot of mistakes. I think the Seahawks are going to play sloppy football, 49ers as well. Um, but I think the 49ers defense will be the difference maker. And for that reason, I think with how close I think it's going to be, I have it as a close. I have it as a cool game. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Ah, whatever. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Let me enjoy wrong. my football. Let me enjoy you're my wrong. playoff football. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> this is a terrible game. This is an no. awful game. So that gives the the uh, the tiebreaker to Tones. And Tony, don't tell me you're interested because you want to know where the Buccaneers are going to play next week. That can't be a reason. It's got to be like the the general masses are going to want to watch it. What's we'll you? And I do think it's a cool game for that reason. Geno Smith, Geno Smith making the playoffs is an interesting story. Brock Purdy being in the position he's in as Mr. Irrelevant is interesting. And it's a division battle at the end of the day, which makes it that much more intriguing as well with two uh, pretty dang good NFL head coaches as well, resume-wise, at least not a Pete Carroll fan myself. But they are two better coaches in the National Football League. And, if, you know, with Kenneth Walker getting the good news to play, I think that makes this game just a little bit much more cooler, in my opinion. No way. No <laughs> way. No way. I'm not saying that I won't watch it. I'm saying it's not. you got to look at the at the big picture of – would your average fan watch this? And there's a reason why they put that on Saturday afternoon at 4.30. Well, they also it gave... It have been a different game. They also gave the Bengals-Ravens a Sunday night game, so I don't, I don't put too much stock into that. That is because NBC had the last pick at that point, and they got stuck yeah. with it. And I don't understand That's what fair. their reasoning was putting the big game on Saturday night as opposed to Sunday night. But I do know in years past... There, there have been years where the Saturday night game does get the bigger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll definitely get the bigger audience this year. You're not going to have yes. Lamar Jackson. Uh, let's go. You know, let's go and skip ahead to that one. Baltimore, Cincinnati, since you brought it up. Ravens, Bengals, 12 and four versus 10 and seven. Sounds good on the outset. Bengals minus eight and a half. Over under 40 and a half. It's a division rival game, just like the other one. So obviously that's not a criteria for me. All right. This time tones, you go first. Is that a cool game? It is a division rival, but with the backup quarterback in to me, it's not that cool. And the Ravens have seemed a little bit broken of late kind of talking all of this Lamar Jackson talk. It seems like they're more focused on the future with Lamar Jackson than they are actually the current playoff opportunities. And with the carousel of quarterbacks, Anthony Brown, Tyler Huntley, Lamar Jackson, it's really who's going to play that week, who's going to perform well that week. And with Cincinnati, they're crying a lot lately too. I get it. They got screwed in the playoffs. But it seems like there's two bigger storylines to this thing. Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, the Bengals getting screwed, 
No one's talking about the game in actuality. For me, this is not a cool game. What say you, Bobby? I'm with the two of you guys here. I'm not going to give this one a cool a cool game. Um, I think it should be a runaway win for the Bengals. And like Tone said, the Ravens are just a disaster right now. They're not sure if Lamar is going to be back here, uh, back next year. Their play caller, Greg Roman, he might be getting fired after this game. Um, it, it's just it's not going well in Baltimore, and I think this one's going to get ugly. Okay. I think another one that's obviously not a cool game is Dolphins-Bills. Does anyone have an argument on that one? Nope. Nope, not given the current state. If two is in, definitely a cool game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah. cool factor goes up a million. Correct. Um, but – this is literally like the head cheerleader being out, and you're like, I'm not going to go watch that. <laughs> but, but it's on. <laughs> but it's on cable. Come on. Watch. Skylar Thompson's on the ground again. Yeah. Skylar Thompson. I mean, I mean, literally, that's like going from the head cheerleader. Skylar Thompson is, what would we say, Roseanne Barr? <laughs> what do we consider Mike London if he gets a couple snaps in there? <laughs> Does he Big even bird? have a picture on his avatar? <laughs> like if he gets in the game and they go to put his picture up on the screen, is it just going to be like a shadow? <laughs> <laughs> or the Toys R Us draft? Right. Okay. So won't touch that one yet. Won't touch that one yet. Won't touch Giants Vikings. We'll start with you, Bobby. Is that a cool game? Absolutely, it is. I think this has the potential to be one of the best games of the wild card round. Um, sorry, a Giants team that's on a great direction. Uh, the Vikings that have had a lot of exciting games this year. I think it's going to be another close game for the Vikings, and I think they'll win. Um, this is a very cool game. Tones, what say you? It's a cool game. Two first-year head coaches doing tremendous jobs with their squads. And what a head coach pool, right? couple one-and-dones, couple in the playoffs on their first year. I think this is cool. Dayball and O'Connell have proven to get here. And kind of cool as well because Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones has gotten so much criticism over the years. Kind of cool that both of them get an opportunity to make it to that next level in the NFC. And I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I'm not sure yet who I got in this one, but for that reason, all those reasons, I should say, I think it's a very cool game. I I agree, but I think one of the factors why it's cool, other than the fact, you know, the Vikings offense, obviously everybody has interest in that. It's the New York Giants, but if you had that same roster and you put the Houston Texans, it wouldn't be a cool game. The only reason why it's of interest is because it's been so long that the Giants have been in the playoffs and people want to see can they there's still Giants fans out there that have this <laughs> they have this whole, you know, can uh can Eli Manning come back from the grave and resurrect a team that know it? the difference between that those teams and this team is this is a team that's just starting to build. The Eli Manning squads that won the two Super Bowls, they had a phenomenal defensive line. They had a quarterback that could that just, whatever reason, for those two playoff runs, could just, I mean, they hit, they hit unbelievable strides, and he was dropping dimes in there when he normally wasn't. 
but I do believe it is a cool game, but it's only because it's only because it's a New York team. Um, next one. I mean, I think Cowboys Buccaneers is a given though. That's a cool game. It's Tom Brady. Doesn't matter who he's playing for. It's, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Am I wrong in that one? You know where I'm going on that. Well, I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you two. I could see you. Uh, <laughs> I could see that'd be the one game. You're like, no, man, that game sucks. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> no, I, I like this game a lot. I think this as another game that has the potential to be the best game of the wild card round. Um, interesting matchup. You got the GOAT versus who, who hasn't had a lot of success on offense this year. Um, versus the Cowboys team that's had a lot of games that have lit up the scoreboard. It, it's interesting. And then the last one, I'm going to call this the Salon Bowl because it's, it's two guys with long hair that are going to be flopping their hair around. Like every time you see them interviewed, they're flopping their hair around. Uh, in fact, I just saw a promo with uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. That was the first thing he did. He was uh, he's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> that number uh what like why these guys don't have prel commercials or something like that already i don't i don't understand justin herbert trevor lawrence two of the young guns in the national football league this is god i think this is the coolest game of the entire weekend and it's not just because you know i, I was born in jacksonville am i wrong i'm in the same boat as you i really like this one two quarterbacks who are young and would like to start their uh, playoff resume with a win. Um, and it's a close game. Uh, Vegas has it at a one point spread, so it should be close. And I think it's a really cool game. Yeah. At one point, I want to say it was Wednesday afternoon. I grabbed it at a two and a half. Mm. I could not believe that it was going towards the plus side for Jacksonville. I still mm. think this thing's going to end up a pick by kickoff tones. Is this the best game of the weekend? Yeah, for as much as I didn't want to make this a cool game, because to me the Chargers just have some sort of stench on them. They're like the Arizona Cardinals right now, the AFC, in my opinion. No offense, Bobby. Uh, you know, but to me, no offense, I think you can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> Hey, hey I, I've Dude, been man. advocating for the Cardinals before. I picked them a couple times for my lock this year, but I have to say. No offense, but I really hate you. You know what? what? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I just think the Chargers stink. There's some, there's some stench about them. With that being said, I think they fix that by parting waves with Brandon Staley after they get a first-round exit after Jacksonville beats them. I think this is a cool game just based on the quarterbacks alone. I think both are a, a smidge getting a little too much love right now, and I get it. They're the young guys. They're the hot commodities, et cetera, et cetera. Lawrence has played great this ball. This is your Tom Brady geezer reaction. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't know. If you combine the two quarterbacks' age, you wouldn't come up to Tom Brady's age. That's what you're mad about. I no. what, I'm in the same boat as Tones. I'm actually not fully sold on Herbert yet. I want to see him win a big game. Same. I still think it comes down to his coach, man. It could I'm be, and that's why I think it stinks. You got to get him out of there, and then this was the only year we ever saw Tom, uh, saw Tom Brady play football. We, we would think he stinks. And he's top four or five in a lot of categories. Pre Todd Bowles era, Tom Brady's pretty darn good. Agreed. But if you break down Brady's overall numbers, though, they're still top half, ninety nine percent of him in the league. 
They're just not Tom Brady numbers. There's only one number that counts. He's eight and nine on the season. And they're in the playoffs. <laughs> That's all that counts, actually. Is because they're in the playoff. All you got to do is get to the playoffs, and then that record becomes irrelevant. They are the only team in the playoffs with a losing record. So and I'm not passionate on them, but I'm just saying. Let to be fair, the Buccaneers are not a very good. They're not very good representative of the NFC South this year. I, I I disagree with that because they easily could have well, went over five. Look what you're wearing. Look at your background. It's all bucking. <laughs> right. But, hey, and I've ripped on it more than you guys did at the beginning of the year. But at the end of the day, this is a team that could have easily went nine and eight. They could have easily played their starters out there and went the Chargers route and got embarrassed by the Broncos, although they were with their starters. And they got their starters hurt. They could have easily went nine and eight over 500. No one would be talking about this eight and nine thing. Sure. But at the end of the day, they did what you recommended them to do and many other people. They rested their starters, and uh, they went into the playoffs healthy, albeit a record that the you same act people like this said, is a team that was hold on, on a minute. The same people, and they just happened to drop oh, a Hold on week. a minute. The same people like yourself said last week, eight wins doesn't matter, nine wins doesn't matter. Now you're flipping the script because it's something to talk about. That's all I'm saying. I'll tell you what matters is the fact that they got absolutely boat raced by the 49ers. They got mashed by the Bengals. I'm not. All I'm saying is play play your clip last week, and uh, it sounds a little bit different. They lost to the Browns, and we're talking about the second half of the season. Again, play you from last week, and you're the one who said record doesn't matter. You got to get to the playoffs healthy. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't matter as far as once you get in there. That is correct. That's what I just said. But it does matter when you look at the fact that they are not a good representative of. Look, there there's been years where teams that I've pulled for. You got man. You got to take the whole Tampa Bay glasses off sometimes and actually see it as an actual, as a, as a, as a fan. I, I do. And like I said, I've called it more real than you have. I called it way before week five, week six, we got to get better. And you guys are all still, Oh, left, which isn't the problem. This and that I've called it long ago. I, I no, I've never liked left, which let me make that very clear. I've seen him in Arizona and I don't want him back anytime. Soon. I saw him in Jacksonville. I don't like left. What are you talking about? All right, we all hate Leftwich. Before y'all saw Leftwich. Hey, you probably got him at his best, sadly, and that's not no, saying much. No, we did much. not. <laughs> that's not saying no, I'm much, not, I'm saying. That's not saying much, though. That's not saying much. Him him riding t- uh, Tom Brady's coattails is is the best Leftwich ever looked at his entire career. True. I guess him winning the Super Bowl was probably technically his best look as an offensive, even though it wasn't on his – behalf i guess that is his best look <laughs> he i feel like he had literally nothing to do with that nothing because it was arian's offense still at that point anyway you know, barry switzer had, as a super bowl ring too we don't talk about that <laughs> it might be a little before y'all's time but <laughs> everybody knows what really happened mm-hmm. bobby what is your walk off for the day sir my walk-off is I'm praying for a Cowboys and Chargers win on uh, this weekend so they can keep their coaches. And outside of that, enjoy Wild Card Weekend, everybody. Um, a lot of football front to back this weekend. Make the most of it. Season's coming to an end soon, so enjoy the football we have. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, we'll be back in about 2 and 2. It's about 4.20. Smoke them if you got them. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD and WQEE 99.1 FM. Now there's a steal by Bird. Underneath the DJ, lays it in. Right up one second.
Here's good news. There's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. ACC football covered like no other here on the armchair quarterbacks. Out of the shotgun, third down and about 10. Ward getting some pressure, getting more, gets it away. He's got fire wide open. Touchdown, Florida State. That's what Ward will do to you. Georgia Tech 45, Nebraska 21. It's now up to the voters. They look like the number one, don't they? All right, six seconds to go. Mauer throws it up for grabs. There's five defenders back there. Game runs out. And Clemson wins the national championship of college football. This is for the national championship for Nebraska. And for Miami, an absolutely miracle year. The dream season as they come back from a bad loss opening day to go to 11 straight wins and in all probability when the votes are in, a first-ever national championship for the Hurricane. Take the scenic route in the new Hyundai Santa Fe, the family SUV with available H-Track all-wheel drive to help you travel way off the beaten path. Find new adventures together in the Hyundai Santa Fe. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., drive time on WQEE. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Unoriginal melody. Welcome back. Why did John Lennon have to be the one to get shot? Take Something's wrong. I actually have the Bucks winning that game. I still think the Bucks suck this year. <laughs> I just think they're gonna they're gonna win the game because they're at home, and Mike McCarthy's gonna do Mike McCartney things. And, it's and gonna- had, their kryptonite this year has been the AFC. The AFC swept them zero and five against the AFC. They've actually held their own uh, eight and what would that? Yeah, eight and four against the NFC. So they they hold a chance. They match up well against, like you said, the choke, the choke, and Mike McCarthy. Who who who's zero and five? The Bucks are zero and five I, against I, AFC I teams. This year. The, the Cowboys. I was like, man, I I saw them beat beat the Titans. Bucks, Bucks are zero and five against the AFC and Not eight that. and four against the NFC. What but, division were they playing this year? Uh, the Steelers division. Oof. So Steelers, Browns, Bengals, and Ravens. Yeah, never mind. I was about to say if if it was a tough division, then I could understand it. But that's that <laughs> that was not a tough division. Um. More, more to my point, um, I, you know, but I will say this, there's always an argument that people have that for instance, that because they're, they're eight and nine and the Cowboys are what, 12 and five, that the Cowboys should be the host team. I don't necessarily believe that because you did win the division. But if they ever made that true, especially if they made the caveat like you can't have a losing record, then I could understand it. I think I, I think I, I could be on board with that, which means the Bucks would have tried to win last week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, that would 
that that would play more into the hands of, of Dallas if, if they did had to have to travel. But the reason why there's two reasons why I think Tampa's probably going to win that game. A, it's in it's in Tampa, and they've got Tom Brady and et cetera, et cetera. And McCarthy just tends to his teams just tend to not deliver. And we saw it last year with Dak Prescott. We saw just an absolute, just ridiculous, not not even understanding how to use the clock wisely at, on that final drive. Everybody remembers it, and he didn't realize that when he ran forward, he wasn't going to have enough time to spike the ball. We all remember that. Mm-hmm. But the other reason is they looked really bad in a game they were trying to win last week against Washington. I get it was a divisional game, but I I just think Tampa's going to find – I think Tampa's going to get to the next round and get probably throttled by, I guess right now, they are the four seed. So if everyone – if everything played out, they would play what? The Eagles? Yeah, they'd go to the Eagles if everything played out. If the Giants were to win, then you would go to uh, San Fran, right? Yep, and then I don't think it happens, but if Seattle somehow wins, then it gets really interesting. Yeah, Seattle wins. They were, what, the seventh seed? Then they're locked in against Philly, and we'd play the winner of Giants-Vikings. Right. Which I know the Vikings would, Viking fans would love that. Because they would well if if Tampa won, mm-hmm. Cowboys won. They'd be nervous. They lost what forty to three or whatever it was midway through the year. But it, but if you could somehow draw the Giants, wow! Then then you're talking about going backwards, falling backwards into the NFC Championship game. And even if you lose it, it'd be like what? I but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Seattle's going to win tomorrow. I, I just think it's going to be a a tough tough road to hoe. Do you have Seattle winning that game? I don't have them winning. I have them playing close, but I, I do have them losing. But I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. The line is like right around nine. And I'm on the fence because my problem with I've, I've struggled with this my entire life with it when it comes to gambling on football or sports, whatever. It's like, oh, man, I'm an underdog fan. I love pulling for the underdog. And I love seeing, you know, and I could always come up with the reason why Seattle could make the game close. I'm looking at the weather, the winds blowing in, et cetera, et cetera. I've done better over the last few years, and it's one of the reasons why our our win percentage is up so high. But there's there's that part of me that says, so I either A, jump in on Seattle, or B, I just leave the game alone because I'm like, I'm not, or I tease it. I don't think people are giving Brock Purdy enough love as they should because Brock Purdy's played phenomenal. He's played he's really played, good. And I know it's a very short sample size, but he's played phenomenal, and they're going to get Debo rolling. I, I think you're going to see a little more Debo Samuel in that in that muck in the mire, right? Yeah, and uh, Seattle's best defender, their linebacker, is still out as well, so that doesn't help um, Jordan Brooks, I believe, so... Uh, they're a little banged up defensively. Of course, Jamal Adams got hurt for the year early on. So those types of injuries come back and bite you big time when it's playoff football time. Yeah, I, you, 
and the, and the other thing is there's just so many weapons for San Fran. You can't say, well, if you shut this guy down, then you've got this, you know, you, you've got Juwan Jennings. You've got, uh, you know, obviously Debo, which I, like I said, with, with the weather, I really think, I think they're going to see some jet sweeps with him. Definitely. The, you, you might even see some kind of wildcat nightmare with Debo taking the snap with CMC back there and what in their stable of running backs. I mean, we forget how deep that running back core was before they got CMC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, by the way, if you can shut all that down and get Brandon Ayuk under control and, and Brock Party a little nervous, George Kittle's going to be wide open streaking down the sidelines. And that's why I just I don't think they're gonna be able to put enough. And we we saw it because we did the game. Mm-hmm. One of the few games we did this year. So we watched play by play by play. Seattle did not have an answer for Bosa at all. No, he was all over Geno Smith. I remember I was like, "What's going on?" Geno was throwing off his back foot, dang near every play because there was so much pressure. <laughs> I just saw this. This uh, my but my, my Daniel the the Dolphins got this. Dolphins are gonna get absolutely railed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's that's got to be in in jest. Um, finishing up the NFC. I knew originally we were supposed to do AFC first, but just the way the conversation led when we uh came out of this with Tampa and whatnot, that Giants Vikings. So right now, are you saying? Seattle on the points or San Fran minus the points? I would take Seattle on the points right about now if I was to bet this game, which I think I will, but right now I'm leaning with Seattle on the points. What is your take on Minnesota and the Giants? Are you taking Minnesota minus three or the Giants plus three at this point? This one's a this one is a legit coin flip, and based on that three point spread, it would mean the Giants are probably favored by three if it were in New York. Uh, that that three, I personally would probably take Minnesota and that given the three. I don't think I'm going to take the game, but if I were to take the game, I'd probably take Minnesota minus the three. I said it earlier. I have nothing to base this on. I've just got this feeling the Giants, it feels not like their year, like they're going to do a Eli Manning type thing, but it feels like their year to, and it just seems like Minnesota has been in all these one score games. And I get it that they tend to pull them out. But to beat the Giants the first time, they had to hit the, hit the uh, 62 yarder at the gun, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is I can't lean on it and expect that to happen again. And I think Barkley's going to be a problem for them. I think that Minnesota secondary is going to get scorched over the middle. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that that's where they're vulnerable. And I do believe Wink Martindale is going to have an answer for TJ Hawkinson this time. Because if it, for for folks who don't remember that game, TJ Hawkinson went off. Three touchdowns, I think. Yeah, I think I had him in DFS that week. Just luckily, it was, it was one of those draft DFS, and I just randomly grabbed him, and he just went bananas. It was shortly after the – it wasn't too long after the trade. 
And there is talk that Irv Smith could play, which you, know, you could really put some wrinkles in. But it's it's not that I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I think he gets killed for stupid comments by social media and whatnot. I believe more likely that it's going to come down to the fact that that defense cannot stop water. Mm. I agree with that, and I see your point completely, and that's why I'm a little hesitant to – Definitely put my foot in the ground on Minnesota. I guess their one rebuttal is, hey, we got a lot of star power. You know, could you guys keep up with us type of thing? But that's if Kirk Cousins plays competent enough to score at will. And uh, to me, that's it may just take that, a high-productive Minnesota offensive game to try and win this thing. Well, we, we need to get your uh, stupid underdog pick in your lock for the week before I get sidetracked and miss that. Uh, what, what is your stupid underdog this week? Are any taken or am I able to do doubles right now because of the – It doesn't screen? matter because there's only so many games and we've got so many contributors that – Yeah, I'm probably – I mean, I'm way back in there anyways, so screw it. I'll, I'm going to have some fun and – although... This begins the new season because – oh. Bobby won by four or five points the regular season, and now we're doing the postseason. Beautiful. Give me, uh, give me Seattle. I don't think they win necessarily, but I think I I like them enough to take their spread to get the two points. And you know they're zero and two against San Fran this year. I know a lot of people say it's hard to beat a team three times, so you never know. What is your lock? I'm going with a little bit of an over-under here. I'm actually going the over in the ravens Bengals game. That thing is sitting right around 40 right now, 40 and a half to be exact. So I, I see the Ravens got to 16 with Anthony Brown last week. Tyler Huntley's looking like he's going to play this week. I find it hard to believe that these teams aren't going to come up with more than 40 points. I don't. I don't have a strong take on that one, to be honest with you, because the Bengals they can put up points, but they don't tend to score a lot of points in division games. And the Ravens, I mean, what's their cap? Normally, twelve points. It feels like that <laughs> doesn't matter what who's playing quarterback that they don't score a lot of points. So I I could honestly see where it where it could unfold into like a 20 to 14 type of game. But I can also see where, you know, where you're coming from, where the Ravens find a way to score a couple of touchdowns, maybe even 17 points and the Bengals put them away in, in, you know, we'll say 27, 28 points, right? Kind of like last week. Exactly. That's where I'm thinking at least. I mean, we know that's not how it works week to week. It's all different, but that's what I'm thinking, at least. 27-16 was the score last week, but the Bengals did look pretty dang good, so we'll see. I don't typically do this, but on on on, on the opening uh, wild card weekend, I always have like a big bet sheet, and the one that I have this week is just absolutely ridiculous. Like I've got ones, you know, you know, like seven, eight game legs and everything like that, where you just have a few bucks on it and you're just having fun. Um, one of the reasons is because I came across this guy sitting his is a uh, college basketball numbers. And I've also had some, some uh, 
success with some basketball this week, but I, I don't typically bet a whole lot, but because we're doing the daily bet with betus.com and then getting wrapped up in what he's doing, I'm making my bet and I always make my personal bet, whichever one you see, I, I, I do that for me. And then I've been riding his coattails as well. So I, I've actually kind of built up some extra hay this week and uh, man, we don't have time to go into it, but I've got several open bets going into this weekend. I know you had a nice little Stetson Bennett one on Monday. Yes. Yes. That's also, that's right. That was Monday. I was thinking that was last week. So yeah, that's added to it too. I mean, I've got a couple of goofy ones that are um, like a 10. I got, I got one 10 team parlay. That's, you know, it's just for fun, but if it hits, it's $1 to win 97. Yeah, you got to love those. I do those all the time. But as far as serious ones, you know, I've got some, um, not counting tonight, but I've got some, some games and I don't think I've taken the, the over under in this game one way or the other. It's just, it's, it's kind of the same thing with the Buffalo game. Unless I tease, I could see me teasing Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm concerned Skylar Thompson's not going to score any points. Yeah, I mean they looked really strugglish and sluggish on offense last week against the Jets. Absolutely. Okay, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We come back. We're going to finish up this hour with some AFC playoffs and some bold predictions. We'll be back in a flash. Keep it locked in here on WQEE and Braves Country HD wherever you may stream when it rains mud dust comes through rain on top of it it rains mud this weather report here what do i know i'm a football coach (laughs) i suggest you go out and do what i do get out of bed go outside then you know the nfl playoffs are back that means the armchair quarterbacks kickoff show is back Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Wild Card Weekend and Divisional Round Weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kick off at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Shen Young, a performance that truly matters to every one of us, is coming to the Columbus River Center for the Performing Arts, January 17th, one night only. Shen Young brings 5,000 years of civilization live on stage through choreographed dance, music combining Western and Chinese instruments in an animated backdrop. Come and see it at least once in your lifetime. Tickets at shenyoung.com GA. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days. Or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. Here's good news. There's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. 
The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks wildcard weekend and divisional round weekend Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 4.30 Eastern. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Hey folks, this is Mark White with the Mark White Show, and you can tune in to the Mark White Show every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Rock 99 WQEE The Key, the home of Southern Sports and Talk. Wild Card Weekend is upon us. Names like Skylar Thompson, Tyler Huntley, all ready to strap it up and entertain you all weekend long. How in the world is... Skylar Thompson and Tyler Huntley on the Sunday games. Like you said, I maybe they have a little method to their madness with the Saturday night viewership or whatnot. Well, if if memory serves me correct, they they rotate who gets the best game, which which uh uh network. Mm. And so they essentially go through a pecking order, almost like a draft. And so I believe that's why ESPN, ABC, Disney ended up with Dallas and the Buccaneers on Monday night. So if you remember last year, it was Arizona versus Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. No slide against those two, but you're talking about two West Coast teams. That's typically not get all the eyeballs on it, right? Yeah, that'd be like if Seattle San Fran was the Monday night this year. Which which would have made sense because Rams Rams Arizona was the, the Monday night game last year. It's the same conference. Correct. Same time zone. I, I I really thought there was a good chance that was going to be. Um the only thing that I think that could come into play as this goes on is whether or not the seating had anything to do with it whether or not they put Cowboys and Bucks on the four or five seed, assuming that they will play the winner that will play Philadelphia next Sunday. And so it gives them an extra day of, as opposed to being jammed up on a Saturday night, which I think that was already put, put into the bylaws that, that the teams that play on Monday do not play on Saturday. Right. Correct. That, that is true. And I, I talked about that with my brother yesterday. Cause he's like, what if the I'm like nope that can't happen. Yeah. So that's the interesting part of this entire thing is no matter who the Bucks end up playing or who the Cowboys end up playing they're it's it's going to be on Sunday next week. Yeah. And I think the way they did it last year and they might have they might switch it up this year. I think the way they did it last year is you all you get is a Saturday night game possibly but they have switched it up and now they're adding this the Saturday afternoon 
and then the kickoffs on Sunday are a little later. So in other words, you don't get a one and a four thirty and a eight o'clock game. The way it was, I looked it up right before before the playoffs started, and the way they were showing it was that the first game was supposed to be played at four thirty on, mm-hmm. on Saturday. Which means you're going to get a doubleheader on Saturday, but the doubleheader on Sunday might start a little later. You might get like a two o'clock, two thirty kickoff, and then a five or five thirty kickoff because I believe they've done that in years past, and it kind of gradually sets you up for the following week when the when the conference championship games are three and and six or three and six thirty. And Brian Cook's amped. He's starting his Bengals and Joe Burrow chance in our YouTube group chat. I mean, you better win that one. <laughs> That's all what, I what do you think the Bengals, uh, if Bengals win and Bills win, presumably, what time do you think that game would be next week? If Bengals and Bills, that could be, see that game's in Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. That could be your Saturday night game. It really comes down to I don't know which uh, whether it's CBS or Fox has the night game on Saturday and which one has the the late kickoff on Sunday. That's right. I forget. I forget. It's a little predetermined, but I'll put it this way: Jacksonville or the Chargers versus Kansas City is going to take a backseat to Buffalo versus the Bengals, right? Absolutely. So let's say for argument's sake, CBS has the night game next Saturday night and they've got the early game on Sunday. Then I would think Bengals bills would be the Saturday night game. And then the Sunday early game would be Kansas city in, in uh, Jacksonville or Sandy, uh, Kansas city in Los Angeles. Conversely, we'll just assume it's either bucks or cow or Cowboys going to Philly, that would be the Sunday night or Sunday late evening game. Mm-hmm. In your early action, what does that leave you with? Minnesota. Yep. Go, go, going by the rankings, I get Minnesota versus San Francisco, which that kind of feels like a Sunday, a Saturday afternoon game. Yeah, it does. And in fact, that's been a Saturday afternoon game. It's been a few years, but that's been a Saturday afternoon because I remember I thought I went all in on the on the Vikings because once again my fandom turns it. It's not that I'm a fan of one of the teams. It's just I'm, I love the underdog, and I took them, and they got mashed. That was the year that the 49ers went to the Super Bowl and outplayed mm-hmm. the Chiefs for three and a half quarters, and then they couldn't hold on to the lead. And that was the year that the Vikings had a big first-round win, a little upset win, and then a lot of people gained momentum in Minnesota, and then, yeah, they ran into San Fran. So, yeah, I think that would be your Saturday afternoon tilt. This is all assuming that – so if Fox gets the game for for Sunday night, and I don't remember how that worked, you know, whose turn it is, but if Fox were to get the game, then you're going to get Minnesota – San Francisco next Saturday night and Kansas city hosting Jacksonville or LA Saturday afternoon. And I'm not a hundred percent sure, but if memory serves me correct, I think the bucks got eliminated against the Rams in the late evening Sunday game last year. If my memory serves correct. Is that how far did they go last year? The bucks lost in the second round last in the uh, divisional round. 
Yeah. I'll have to look that up for tomorrow's show. We don't have time for me to go through that, but it's be interesting because essentially if you rank them and I'm talking about, if we don't get any upsets, if you rank them, the best game would be from a viewer standpoint is the Eagles and Cowboys, right? Mm -hmm. that, that would melt the viewership and they would want that on Sunday night or mm -hmm. you know, five o'clock, five 30, whatever time. The worst would be Kansas City versus Jacksonville or Kansas City versus the Chargers. And they would put that on Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. The second best would be Bengals because they went to the Super Bowl versus the Bills with their story and every all that. That so that would be a Saturday night game. And then the afternoon tilt um would would be the one that's left over. Uh oh, wait a minute. No. They can't put them on on the same day, so you would have to put the the Bengals Bills on early at, or early Sunday afternoon, like two o'clock. That would be game on. That would be, I mean, a lot of lot of eyes all over the TVs that weekend. I mean, if you get a double header of the top seeds uh, meeting up. No matter what happens in the NFC, and you get a double header of the Eagles versus the Cowboys or Bucks as the night tilt. And there's still a possibility that that could be the early game, depending on television contracts. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be played on Sunday, which would turn Bengals Bills into your Sunday night game. And oh, how fun would that be! That would be game on. That would be game on. Bengals, Bills, Sunday night. It, Burrow, Allen, you know, after everything that's happened to with these two franchises and the tragedy a couple Monday nights ago. If you're just missing the news, just getting kind of get caught up, Mike Williams will not play. He's expected to be out until best case scenario if they make the Super Bowl for the Chargers. So he will not be there. Um, by the way, how, how about a pro football focus, Jordan Travis, number one ranked quarterback in the, in the country this year with 91.8, I think is the score is somewhere in that neighborhood that shocked me. I figured there was someone put up bigger numbers that, uh, would, would have had the number one ranking on that. Um, Andrew McCutcheon signs a one-year deal with the pirates. Mm -hmm. He's going home for one year, 5 million. And I, I mentioned it in the sports break, but He's, he's going to hit a lot of milestones this year, so it's one of the reasons why they invested in him. And then arbitration galore. I'll continue to put it on the screen, but I, I won't get into it. Um, and there is heavy rumors that with McCutcheon off the board now, because the Mets were in the fold, they're now considering Tommy Pham for their fourth outfielder, and if not him, Mancini, Duvall, Profar, and Naquin are still, although I don't think they're bringing back Naquin, because if you're going to bring back Naquin, we'd have already done it. I think they're more likely to get pro far, which would be a heck of a signing. Yeah, and the Mets are pretty much linked to everybody nowadays, aren't they? I, you know, someone's going to get lucky with a good clubhouse guy with a Trey Mancini for a decent deal at this point. Yeah, man, he was bad last year down the stretch. I mean, yeah, he wasn't that great last year down the stretch. Really but his stock, he's got to sign a one year deal at almost minimum and prove himself this season. Correct. Um, other news and notes, 
Braves country fans are still thinking that there's a chance that Atlanta is going to go out and sign Babe Ruth, but you know, we're pretty much at the same team that we have right now for opening day. I, I am interested though, Trevor Bauer free agent at this point can sign with whoever he wants, but who is willing to take the hit from the, from the media when you sign him? Yeah, and to me, baseball, we've seen a couple similar things in the past. You know, a couple players coming back from situations in the past. This one's unique because it took so long to develop and play out in front of our eyes. So I'm very intrigued. Hey, I would not mind if the Cubs brought him aboard. I'm just saying. God, can you imagine Trevor Bauer? in that clubhouse when they've already got, they've already got a couple of questionable cats. I mean, what was the pitcher that, uh, where's the bandana that, that the Mets got tired of and kicked Strowman. Who's that? Strowman, Marcus Strowman. Yes, Marcus. You imagine Strowman and Bauer in the same clubhouse. That wouldn't be good. And guys like Bellinger and, and Swanson would, they would, I guarantee you Bellinger's telling him no. So I don't see him going to the Cubs. But every fan base thinks, oh, man, you, you can sign him for league minimum. Let's go because we're all thinking. Right, right. Well, we all think of it as a video game. We'll just put him in there. and that dude can, yeah, get it, yeah, get it. But you don't think about what he's going to do the, to the inner workings of the clubhouse. I'm telling you, though, if I'm a lower-level team, a Pittsburgh Pirates or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him, I'm signing him. If he'll sign with me, I'll say, you go out and shop around. But if, if no one gives you an offer, let's go. Because I feel like just the way everything always works in American sports, you sign him today. You're going to hear the BS, whatever. By the time you hit the trading deadline, everybody's going to want him. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to get one heck of a prospect. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Happens every time. Every time, especially in base. I mean, look at the Astros. Remember when they traded for Roberto Ozuna after all that stuff? Every sport. It just, it happens all the time. I meant more so the trading aspect thing of, you know, at the deadline when you sign a guy who's low profile, then you trade him. I meant more so that's baseball, I feel like. Now, if I'm Bauer, I want to go to a contender. That's who I'm going to shop first. But he might find out that he's been blackballed. So I don't know. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? It's uh, not going to be following the Bauer sweepstakes after that. <laughs> My walk-off is going to be enjoying some football, brother. And I'm actually excited. At first, I was hating the Monday night game, but I'm looking forward to it because me and you get another conversation before them. I'm am for some playoff football. I'm ready for tomorrow. I know the games don't scream at you, but to me, Lawrence Herbert, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, a lot of cool storylines going on there. I'm looking forward to a great day of football. And, of course, starting it off, listening to you, gentlemen. My walk-off for the day is uh, to to piggyback on that. We will be back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock, right here, same bat time, same bat channel. We'll take you all the way to the kickoff of the NFC wildcard matchup between the, the Niners and the Seahawks. And the other thing is I do want to say uh, – 
you know, give give the condolences to the fans and everything out there for Lisa Marie Presley, the mm. the Elvis Presley fans out there. My dad was a huge Elvis Presley fan. Mm-hmm. And just the sad story that we find out that she has passed away at the age of 54 yesterday. This comes off the heels of a couple of years ago where her son had committed suicide. They, they have not released what happened with her. But at the end of the day, what it's what I'm getting to is check your mental health. Uh, it's It's a real thing. And I don't know what led to hers, but this probably didn't help her overall health regardless. So uh, we'll, we'll end on that note. Uh, Sports map is on the way. First name sports. And remember Monday through Friday, make sure to catch out, catch Rhino radio penitentiary, seven to 10 AM Rod Peterson show noon to two and the sports beat two to three for tones. And Bobby, I'm Mac McGee. We'll see you manana, 3 o'clock for the NFL wild card. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something of the 5th of September. Something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the 5th.